Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. All right, here we go on Monday. Adam Hill is here. He's the company. It's Cofield. Ari here as well. Finley Toyota Studios. Uh, lots to get into today with VGK and their playoff series on the horizon tomorrow against the Peg. So we'll get into that. We've got the rest of the, uh, well, some of the NHL starting the playoffs in just a little bit. Lots of NBA from the weekend. A little college basketball coming up later on. Lots of baseball as well. Just notice a note, Adam, while uh, – Checking to see what was going on with UNLV with the basketball portal and pulling guys out and seeing who's going into the portal for football. Just noticed that uh, Stephen Ashworth, Utah State went out and hired a new coach. I hired the uh, Montana State coach. I figured, hey, there's a good chance. You know, folks missed it. Stephen Ashworth is uh, one of the best players in the Mountain West Conference. They lost two other good players to the portal in Sean Bairstow and Max Shulga. But, you know, Ashworth is – Utah State through and through, and he had a long list of suitors and just committed to Creighton over BYU. Lone Peak High School kid and just snubbed BYU and is going to go to Omaha. And then think about it, Creighton plays all of their games. I don't, is, there, is there a school? I guess I'd have to get the geography thing down. Is there a school that's any further west in the Big East than Creighton? No, can't be, right? Right. Marquette a little bit to the east, a lot to the east. I feel like it's- uh, it's probably closer than we think, but it's it's okay. definitely east. So now all this basketball will be played, or a lot of it will be played um, in the new Big Catholic, as we like to call it, because it's not the Big East anymore without UConn and Syracuse. And well, UConn's back, uh, but with some of the standard bears of the past, but a lot of basketball in the east now for little Stevie Ashworth. So out of the hair of running Rebels fans, which is probably a good thing, but uh, once again, kind of showing that Ryan Miller and the rest of that uh, Creighton coaching staff. Man, they can recruit. Man, they use their resources. I have no idea if it came down to an NIL deal, but pretty interesting that BYU couldn't get one of their home state guys. Well, Omaha, quite a quite a bit further west than I thought. Okay, so definitely definitely west of both Chicago and Milwaukee where they are. But uh, yeah, the, I mean the portal's a wild place. Uh, anything can happen, and guys go in, and you kind of expect, well, he's going to go here, or he's going to go join his old coach somewhere, or he's going to go back closer to home, and then. Who knows what happens? And then every once in a while, guys are like, no, nah, I'm just going to stay where I am. It's a it's a crazy, crazy place for sure. And, um, you know, I, I know some coaches love it, some hate it. I, I literally laughed earlier today because uh, I saw some kid. There was like a headline, kid makes a decision on where he's transferring. And I was like, probably Arkansas. And I opened it up, Arkansas. Like, <laughs> okay. He's already gotten like five guys. Yeah. yeah. Five, well, they, they, it was they, his fifth one, yeah. Yeah, they reached out to 84 guys. Yeah. So he's already gotten five, and it seems like every single one of them was 12 points per game or higher. So that's the way he does things, and we'll see if he can pull it together for another good run in the NCAA tournament. And if he can actually – this is not a knock on Musselman because he made it to the Sweet 16, but we'll see if he can advance further than that. Yeah, I think this kid was like a nine-point-a-game guy, but he's a kid, he, he burst out for like you know mid-30s on a couple of games late in the year and uh, you know definitely has some talent. He was a Louisville kid that they got. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it was uh, L. Ellis. Who just committed yep. the, the fifth of the transfers into Arkansas? So yeah, we're kind of tracking the football and the basketball to see what's going on, especially with UNLV. But big news of the day is VGK getting ready for the playoffs against the Jets and the triumphant return of Mark Stone. We'll see what they're going to do here. Apparently, is he going to play on the third line? Yeah, and I w- I wasn't over there. I was uh, I was over at the Jets practice today, so uh, a little more. Uh 
involved and in depth on some of their some of their uh, situations what they got, got they got going on. But uh, yeah, sounds like uh, he'll be playing with Amadio uh, on that line. They're trying to figure out what to do uh, with him. I mean, he's a guy that they've moved all over the place. And I'm talking about Amadio. They've moved him all over the place. He's kind of performed well everywhere. They've been trying to find the right place for him. And you know, this is the this is the situation where when you get guys back and we talk about this, it sounds like a good problem to have, but You've got a bunch of guys that have kind of found roles in the absence of some of these star players, and now they might be asked to do different things. So I think one of the one of the things that they're going to try to do in terms of Bruce Cassidy and his staff putting together the lines here is try to find as many spots where they can for guys to to be where they were and to be in the kind of similar situation that they were in, uh, while at the same time trying to work these guys back in the lineup that haven't been there for a while. So uh, it's a challenge. It's not an easy thing to do. I think you you would on the surface expect like, yeah, you got Mark Stone, one of your best players, probably your best player. Stick him in there. Like, okay, well, it's not always that simple, and you got to try to find the right formula. Here's Mark Stone talking about how he feels about this latest surgery. Definitely different. Obviously, as you know, I saw a different doctor. I saw Jack's doctor. Obviously, seen the success that he's had um, with his surgery. Obviously, I think I had a really successful surgery the first time uh, just unfortunately it came back so um, I had to try and uh, do something different and I think right from the start uh, I felt good uh, took away a lot of my uh, my pain and relieved a lot of my symptoms uh, days after the surgery so that gave me uh, a lot of comfortability what was the injury and what came back uh back injury uh which you know they're very complicated and complex and uh, obviously Jack Eichel has dealt with uh, injury Thanks, of his do- own. Dr. The, Hill, thank well, you. I just love it. You threw it out. What was the surgery? I, I don't know. He was a back <laughs> surgery. What are, what are you talking about? Like the second just, and third sorry, lumbar I did, support. I did, like, I did set you up for a, I don't, I don't I did know. set you up there. Like they're, they're very complex Well, they're also very complicated. They're also very secret. Well, you, and you have no like, idea. That's the like, other thing. They're like, they'll only say upper body or lower. They never said it was a back injury, by the way, right. until now. Right. I mean, they, we knew it was, but this is this is the confirmation. It was back. Um, but if you're like, what was the exact details? Like, it was lower body, mid mid body. That's all, what it was. All I said was, "What was the injury, and yeah. what came back?" Yeah, back. I wasn't looking for like. Well, I mean, Doctor Hill, mid body. Okay, wasn't he back? Is <laughs> I don't know if back's upper or lower. I think it's upper. They were they were categorizing it as upper body. Right. I guess it's upper. Okay. Is weight the waist is the cutoff? I guess I think that's how we do it. It's very silly. You're very frustrated. Well, it's, injuries are a frustrating thing to cover when nobody knows what it is. Yes. Uh, Stone talked about what he expects against the Jets. It's fun to play at home. Uh, my parents will be there. They'll be here. So uh, i a little different for that. But I guess i got to convince a lot of people, a lot of friends, to, to wear Knights jerseys to the game in, in Winnipeg. But big team, physical team, guys that can grind you down. Uh, see their goaltenders is really good. But you can't look too much into them. Uh, especially going into game one. Obviously, after game one, you're going to find things that you, you got to tweak, but we're playing really well right now going into into the playoffs. And then here he talks about uh, shaking off the rust. He's going to be ready to go. Mark Stone returning tomorrow for VGK. I would have liked to have played all 82 games this year, but obviously it didn't happen. I think my body's in a great spot. It feels great. Like I said, it's tough. I haven't played a, a game in, in three three months, so it's going to be a bit of an adjustment, but the team's playing well. I, I don't have to come in and you know, try and be a dominant figure. I can just come in and be uh, and play, um, play with my line mates, hopefully help on a power play, uh, just little things to uh, to try to make this team look just a little bit better than what, what we've been playing. Is there a danger here of bringing Stone back in? You just said five minutes ago that blending it all together, especially by taking guys out, potentially, you know, you have new mixes, but also taking some guys out who have been playing well. I just I wonder how closely they monitor it, you know, early, and they're like, "Hey, this ain't working." 
Yeah, well, I think it. I don't know that they would make a change based on a line not working or a combination not working or chemistry not working. I think they would just, um, you know, maybe I, I expect them to kind of mix up lines anyway to try to figure it out. But I don't think they'd like pull the plug on Mark Stone. I think it would be more. All right, let's figure out what line works better for him, where he can blend in better. The only thing that's going to be a question is if his back can hold up. Can his can he come back and play a game and then two days later play another game and have it hold up through a series? And you know, obviously he hopes so. He believes he's in a much healthier place, and the team believes that too, or else they wouldn't put him on the ice. But um, as long as he can skate and he can play and he believes he can be out there, he'll be out there. And I, I think the the maybe the difference between him and some other guys is that he he doesn't even have to be playing at that high of a level to be impactful. I mean, he can do so many different things and, you know, he brings so much to the team in terms of just the emotion, the leadership, all those other things that he can help even if he's not at 100%. Schofield, Adam Hill is here, ESPN Las Vegas. On a Monday, what does this mean from Bryce Young, the Alabama quarterback that he canceled the rest of his remaining pre-draft visits? As Tom Palosaro says, it seems to lock up that Bryce Young will go number one to the Panthers. Do you believe that? That they told him enough. You don't have to keep doing this. Uh, or or his agent has said, "Hey, this would this would be a nice a nice flex to say, hey, we believe we're the best. You guys know we're the best. Right. We're the best. I think it could go. It could be either one. Or just maybe just sick of doing it. This is an easy like I'm done. Right. I've, I've talked to all these teams already. I don't want to go everywhere. We're done." I'm getting examined, poked, and prodded, and I'm, I'm the number one pick. What's the point? Yeah. Uh, at worst, too. You would think. It's like, what's the, what's the point? I mean, the, the visits are for multiple reasons. One, um, you know, somebody could trade up, obviously. That's a that's a big thing. It's not like if you go visit the number 20 team, you're doing it because you think you're going to be the 20th pick. You're doing it because you want to give them a chance to potentially move up and make you the pick uh, if they want to. Um, but some teams use this, and the Raiders have talked about this uh, in the building, and some teams are, hey, we're not going to draft this guy, but we're going to play against him. Like, let's bring him in and f- learn what we can about him. Let's study every every single piece of his brain that we can, know how he thinks, and use that against him in scouting reports for the next you know, 10, 15 years. Like, that's part of these two. And maybe you're like, okay, we've done enough of these. I know what they're doing now. I'm not going to participate in this anymore. Like, th- there could be a multitude of reasons for doing this. I wouldn't read way too much into it, but it does seem like all the writing is on the wall that he's going to be the first pick. Well, time will tell, right, if it's the right pick. Yeah. The draft is near impossible to nail. And I don't mean mocking it. I mean the people who are paid to do it. Let's go back to the 2020 draft. Pick 51, Cowboys, Trayvon Diggs. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Like, that's really good value at 51. 52 is the Rams and Cam Akers. I mean, when he plays, he's okay. But who the hell knows what was going on last year while he sat out. He's also a running back. Not even worth a second-round pick. No. 54 was A.J. Epinesa. Bills? Pretty up and down. He seems like he's getting better. 55 was J.K. Dobbins to the Ravens. Very healthy. Raquan Davis. He's already bounced around a lot. Miami. That's not correct. I was thinking of the linebackers, <laughs> Raquan. But anyway, uh, in the middle there, I eliminated Jalen Hurts. You're thinking Raquan McMillan? Yeah, Raquan McMillan. Um, in the middle there, I eliminated the Eagles' 53rd pick, Jalen Hurts, which, for my recollection, I don't know, what, what would you say, 70% of Eagles fans? Hated! Hated. And today he just cashed in. We'll get the official 
guaranteed money number from the only person who counts in this room, Adam Hill. But the uh, totality of the deal for Jalen Hurts, quarterback, 2020 draft. Didn't have to do this yet. 2020 draft, $255 million. From what you're reading, what is actually guaranteed? There's guaranteed and then there's fully guaranteed. Yeah, sounds like 179 would be guaranteed, okay. which is pretty substantial. It's a pretty good, pretty good number. Um, you know, we don't know if that would be enough uh, to do the Lamar Jackson deal because it sounds like a lot of people have assumed he wants fully guaranteed all the way. Uh, but this would be, I think, a pretty solid framework for what a, what a Lamar Jackson deal could look like. Uh, that would probably be, you know, fairly suitable for both sides, fairly reasonable, I think, for both sides to say, okay, that's probably about right. I'm sure he's going to want more. Maybe you just do 256 and $180 million guaranteed. The way uh, Al Breer, one of the NFL insiders, wrote it up, top four deals with these quarterbacks of late with guaranteed money, Watson 230, Russell Wilson – well, Wilson's not guaranteed up at one ninety six. No, I think there's two different. Yeah, there was two, yeah. and there was two different. Uh, oh, these are injury guarantee, injury guarantee as yeah. well. And Jalen Hurts has a no trade, so I would assume when you sign a deal, the team isn't really thinking about trading you, but at least he has the rights. Yeah. To control where he goes. Yeah, no so. trade just means you can veto a trade. It doesn't mean they can never trade you. Your opinion on the deal? Um, it was more than I thought he would get. And probably too much. Yep. <laughs> I think it's I think it's early, and I'd still like to see more of him. He's very good. He's very good. What was the rush? Yeah, I I don't know of one. Unless if you could say the rush is Lamar Jackson's about to do a deal. That that Lamar Jackson could get something that's just I'm not going to say crazy eye, but if he got somewhere between something just short of Deshaun Watson or really? a little above, like it, like have you? Are there any indicators that they're they're close from jumping to $133 million guaranteed. Ravens to Lamar Jackson to over 200. No, oh, but Herbert's coming up. Yeah. But Burrow's coming up. I think the Eagles were looking at this and said, if for some reason, and by the way, they easily could, if for some reason, reason we win the Super Bowl this year and then Herbert and Burrow and Jackson all get done for 230 guaranteed, what do we have to pay Jalen Hurts? That's interesting. Yeah, we don't do the money thing on the show too much because I also think there's hidden stuff in all these deals, and then we find out there's a clarification on the numbers the next couple of days. But um, he's in that range, so he's in that neighborhood of you know forty-five to fifty million dollars a year. Yeah, I I don't think he's that good, but when does anyone sign for like twelve million short of the <laughs> highest-paid person, right, per year? Never, never. It never happens. Yeah, and like I said, I think this could be just getting ahead of the market. That's so crazy, isn't it? It was uh, kind of like in a, in a somewhat, uh, you know, weird comparison, but it was like when Floyd Mayweather fought Canelo, and it was like, oh, it's a real challenge. Well, he was fighting him before he was ready, mm-hmm. when he knew he could beat him, and it was smart. Like, this is, hey, look, this might be too much, but it's before these other deals get done. Playoff hockey's coming up. You got a 4 o'clock start with the Islanders in Carolina, 4.30. Florida and Boston go at it. Willie Ramirez is hosting a uh, – NHL start the playoffs watch party, 4 o'clock until 6.30. He'll be at Twin Peaks. That's on Eastern. You got happy hour from 2 to 7, so happy hour will be in effect. 29-degree draft brews. You can get the uh, the big beers for under 4 bucks. That's Miller Lite and Coors Light. Select appetizers, 2 4 and $6. Willie's got prizes as well, and 
uh, while he's there. There'll be a couple games on, and then the puck drops for Mini and Dallas at 6.30. Willie Ramirez on the road. Go hang with him. Watch hockey. Twin Peaks on Eastern. Keep it locked on ESPN Las Vegas for your chance to win tickets to the battle for Vegas charity softball game. Saturday, July 22nd at the LV Ballpark. Tickets available for purchase at battleforvegas.com. Jalen Hurts signed through 2028. Big deal for a third-year player. Didn't have to do it this early. Make him or making him one of the highest paid, if not the highest paid player in football. And as Adam said, yeah, maybe it is early, but big deals are on the way for some of the other quarterbacks. So get them locked up, and then those guys can push their teams to the limit and pay them, you know, fifty million plus. It's crazy, man! It's going to change the game. These last couple of quarterback classes with emerging stars and tons of dudes who are going to be in that Aaron Rodgers strata, and team building is going to be a lot different. A lot different. And the other changing wave in the NFL is the National Football League basically refuses to pay running backs. So you're going to get the franchise tag. You can be a top five running back. You can get the average of the top five, but we're not giving you extended deals. It's just it doesn't look like it's going to happen, and we've got a couple of situations across the league with Saquon Barkley and with our own Josh Jacobs. And as first football activities for 2023 begin, Jacobs ain't going to be around, right? No. That's should have been expected. I think we, you know, hinted at it and indicated it for much of the off season. And as uh, Josh Jacobs has been kind of Instagram storying random villain quotes recently from comic books and uh, superhero movies. This is interesting. So th- this again is him believing that he's going to become the villain. Well, that he that they put him in a position where he has to be. I think we've advanced as fans. Pretty good ways. Many have. Many haven't. Have you seen negative stuff on Josh Jacobs? Um, from fans, from Twitter? Saying, not yet. Hey, how, how dare he does this? Well, it just happened today. So you got to push it to the brink, basically? I, mean, I don't think people were oh, – and we'll see you in training camp, right? I mean, off-season activities, nobody really cares. I mean, the, the stories are out there. They pay attention, and um, it, it matters to the team. But I don't think fans really care until it's preseason, until you hear, like, hey, we're practicing for games. We're getting ready for actual games, and – that guy's not here. Like that's when it starts to uh, settle into people, and and we'll see how it goes. I'm sure there'll be people that say, "Hey, I'll show up to work for ten million dollars," which is the dumbest thing you could possibly say. But you, you, there'll be people that are saying that. I wish my you'll hear. I wish my work disrespected me, but for ten million dollars, if you said you are just an idiot. Yeah, but I don't think as many people do that now because it is in a social space, so they get annihilated quickly. Although you know, we have a story coming up later on. Someone <laughs> was completely devoid of just any clue of what they were doing and through some through I think through a do you know who I am out there on Twitter and it's just getting an avalanche of dislike and I don't even I don't see how you you can't see that but there are still people out there who just have blinders on who yeah. post stuff on social media and you're like you're stupid can you believe this yeah yeah <laughs> I can yeah. you're wrong yes you're wrong but now you you're 100% correct that was the old thing with uh I mean, most media people don't do it anymore because they can't handle the criticism. And it's also the, the, the spotlight. You can often turn back on high-level media people. Like, you make a lot of money, too. So shut up. And you get to bounce from job to job. And, by the way, your prime is from potentially whatever, whenever you really arrive at a high level, from 30 to 60. You know, uh, the life of a running back in the NFL is, is 
three, four, five years, and if you make it to year seven, eight, nine, and you're still somewhat productive, you should get paid. But it's just the way things are set up. You get just freaking buried your first two, three years that you're effective, and then you know the wear comes off, the tread comes off the tires, and then they won't pay you. And you would think both these contracts we're talking about with quarterbacks and the contracts we're talking about with running backs are going to be things that are very, very much addressed. And we thought it would be in the last uh, CBA, but I think in the next one it absolutely will. In terms I don't understand of, how they're going to address it. Have you heard ideas? Well, I think you could you could probably not not specific ideas. First of all, if you go, you know, some sort of bonus structure that doesn't count against the cap on a on a running back's first contract, like the rookie contract can be for a lot more, but only count for the cap for what it's counting for now. So you pay them three times three times that, but the cap cap hit is only what it is right now. That could be something they could try to do quarterbacks just not capped I mean, isn't this going to correct itself with the running backs i mean maybe b john robinson goes in the first round but how many first round running backs are there ever going to be where you where you you know you're in the middle of your well they have to make a decision on your fifth year before the fourth and then if you don't have a long-term contract but that's only for first rounders so the rest of it is kind of solved isn't it no, no one no one drafts running backs in the first round and if well, you're an austin eckler who burst onto the scene after a couple of years and you don't have that first-round designation. He wasn't even close, obviously. They're well, still not going to pay you when you're 26, 27. Unless you're a rookie and you're picked in the fourth round, and they're like, here's a four-year deal for $3 million total. Why don't you sign this? Like, All right. I'd, I'd love to get some security for four years. Yeah. Great. Yeah. It's messy. It's a problem. It's messy. It's one of the glamour positions in the league, but they kind of know the game, and they're going to grind you to a pulp, and they won't pay you. That's how, that's how it is. It, it, it's Parents, unfair. if your kid can play both defensive back and running back, a pro-level athlete, have him work with Mark McMillan. Or become a receiver. Or become a receiver. Catch the ball instead of running. All the glory you get at running back, you don't get the payoff. Get a longer career, more money, easier. How about those Lakers over the weekend and the Clippers? NBA playoffs are pretty good to open up, and uh, I just heard the show before us saying there are must-wins coming up. Not exactly, but some teams are facing uh, uncomfortable situations after losing their first game where they were expected to come out victorious. ESPN Las Vegas is hooking you up. Tune in to Cofield and Company in the press box to win a pair of tickets to see Iggy Pop live at the Pearl at the Palms, April 29th. For more info or to purchase tickets, go to Ticketmaster.com. If the Lakers make real waves in the playoffs, I have no idea when this award is actually given, but would you look at the Lakers and go, man, they're front office. We're talking executive of the year stuff. For LeBron? Well, this one's interesting. Was this one of the first times that they went out and did what they needed to do and, you know, ran it by LeBron, but wasn't like, this is who I want and this is who I don't want? Because old man Lakers went bye-bye. They switched it over. It wasn't working. Yeah. You know? And guys like Pat Bev, get out. And then you get lesser-named guys, at least, you know, for Lakers fans from around the league. They made some good moves. Now, in-house, they also – they've had a pretty decent – Time drafting people. Austin Reeves is a good pickup, and he showed it. And Hachimura was a real nice trade. And there are opportunities like that all around the league. You have multiple franchises that are either tanking or just don't know what they're doing, or you know they want to move on, so you can take advantage of it. And the Lakers did, and both of those guys showed out in game number one on the road against the Grizz. Yeah, no, no question about it. And, and Hachimura is a guy who 
obviously had this unlimited potential it seemed like in college and uh, was okay but kind of you know <laughs> wallowing in uh mediocrity with some uh franchise that doesn't even try uh in in Washington and then you know they figure it out and they go get him and they they know what they can do they know the role that he can play and put him in that role and as I just said Austin Reeves is him we know that now uh and so he you know he comes in and uh he is allowed to kind of play the way that he wants to play. And, yeah, it was a, a lot of youth movement uh, to go around LeBron and, and AD, and I think it, it worked. It was the right mix. It was the right formula. And uh, we saw down the stretch that they were better, and now we see them ready to kind of take it to the next level in the playoffs. He was huge. Um, like you said, he had timely shots. They made runs in the third quarter. You know, he had two threes in a row. You know, they made another run, you know, in the fourth quarter. He had another three off of AR, pump fake drive behind the back pass. He also had a, um, a beautiful turnaround baseline ju uh, jumper uh, by their bench. Um, but he was just on time, on target all night tonight, and, and we needed that, um, you know, especially coming off the bench, um, especially as, as well as their bench is. You know, they got so many great players to come off their bench. AR. Is he established enough just to go with AR? For us. I guess, I guess For him, yes. Yeah. What's the I mean, other I option? Reezy? I mean, can't I do anything with Austin. Go, I mean, you could have just called him him. but Or I think Aus? No. Aussie? Doesn't work. What about Aussie? Aussie could, yeah. yeah. Then you get confused. Like, wait, who? Australian. <laughs> so Lakers win. And now the Grizz are beat up, and we're going to touch on what happened to John Morant a little later in the show. Clippers, without Paul George, go and take out the Suns. 115-110. Kawhi is 38. Russell Westbrook. Well, offensively, shooting, not great. 3 of 19. Is that good? But he did everything else he can do. John Starks-like. Yeah. Pretty close. But it's amazing. I mean, you know, we talked about Mark Stone doesn't need to be at the top of his game, especially offensively, to be impactful. Uh, Russell Westbrook doesn't need to make shots to be impactful. I mean, it, it helps. Yeah. But you know, he doesn't need to. He, he can do so many other things to, you know, to play a role. And you know, I saw people yesterday kind of freaking out, like, why is he still in the game? All these other things. Well, because he do he does so many things. He can do so. He can impact games in so many ways without making a shot. That's not to say they don't, you know, they, they don't need him to make a shot here and there to win the series. But um, he showed that that doesn't need to be the case. Like he can do so many different things. Yeah, you can't have defenders backing off seven feet into the no, lane no. when he's out at the three point line. No, that's or, insulting, and it's and it's not good for your team offensively. Or when he's twelve feet away. Yeah, just go ahead. You're fine. Kevin Durant now eight and one with the Suns. That was kind of the big narrative coming in of oh the Suns, you know when he plays they're undefeated they're just going to roll through he's going to be playing. First of all, is he going to be playing? We haven't seen him play long stretches like that in a long time. And B, like the playoffs are a different animal. And I think they found that out. Phoenix is now minus 180 for the series, trailing a one. Good still, value? I still think they're the right side, but um, I think we also saw like this This could get real. Could definitely get real. Grizz without John Morant, bettable? Without Morant, probably not. Well, I mean, the number's heavily suggesting that there's a lot of worry about him being back for game two. They're plus 215 in the series. Yeah. Especially, well, for After game starting two. starting off a small favorite in the series. Here's the thing. I mean, I you know, with if he's not playing game two, which it looks like he probably won't, they have to try to find a way to win. It's at home. You know, usually the the team that loses at home has a, a big, big bounce back in game two. They have to try to take advantage of that and try to win anyway. 
Like they need to win that game and then try to get him back when you go to LA. You you can win a game without him here and there. I don't think I don't think you can win a full series without him. Riley Smith and his uh, Iceman are back. Red Iron versus the Ice softball game battle for Vegas softball game. We got two tickets right now. Three six four eleven hundred. Caller seven. It's at LV Ballpark. Ticketmaster.com is where you can get the tickets. It's Saturday, July twenty second. Get your tickets now. Ticketmaster.com. Already's got a pair for the battle for Vegas softball game. Three six four eleven hundred. Caller seven. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Adam Hill LVRJ or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. Taking a look at the Ravens today and not just because uh, of their spot in the draft. There's a lot of Ravens related news today and some Baltimore stuff to get to. And Jeremy Kahn does a really good job on the morning show on the uh, fan in uh, Baltimore. Gives a couple minutes here. First of all, right out of the gate, uh, I saw you have a new pick site that you put up. So tell us about that. Yeah, I just. I just launched my own pick site. It's called ConcreteLots.com. It's a play on my, my last name, C-O-N-N. Um, and it's been something I've been working on. I've talked to a bunch of different groups about pairing up with them and working for them. And ultimately, I decided to go this route. So, like, it's it's something I'm charging, like, $4.99 a month uh, going from there. And um, I've been doing this for 20-some years and, and uh, you know, seeing people give out and sell picks and all the stuff that they were doing, I think doing it the wrong way. I You know, I kind of feel like I, I've got a grip on things and, you know, like the way that I'm honest about it and the approach. So I know you and I have talked about it, but it's exciting. Yeah, I, I saw you almost uh, – well, you said some people aren't going to like it. Um, well, who, who cares, yeah, honestly? Because, Just do it. Well, I've been giving out picks for free for 15 years. I've already been called a greedy douchebag for, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> for launching my site, but that's how it goes. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Make some money. If you can make money, make the money. All right, well, first of all, I want to get your reaction. I'm thinking that you guys – were you guys still on the air when the Hurts deal came down, or was it after your show? No, it was just after because we were all texting about it. Yeah. it just... so, so give me your reaction in relation to Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I, I mean, look, the we all felt that the deal that the Ravens offered was very, very good, uh, great actually. Um, this hasn't seemed like a negotiation between the Ravens and Lamar in my estimation. It seemed more like Lamar said what he wanted. The Ravens gave their offer, not good enough. They came up, not good enough, came up, not good enough. Um, and ultimately, when you look at the deal that was just given to Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson was offered more guaranteed money, way more guaranteed money if you look at the $200 million. And they can only say the 133 was fully guaranteed. Um, and you would get that at the beginning because there was a clause in his contract if he wasn't on the team in year three um, that, he would, uh, that he would get $200 million. Or, or you know, he'd get a $200 million bonus if he was on the, the team or $200 million fully guaranteed. Hopefully I'm making sense here. <laughs> um, and then what happened was he didn't want to do that because he didn't feel like it was guaranteed. But – you know as well as I do in the NFL, you can't sit here and cut these guys with these high numbers because you're going to have a huge cap hit if they've got many years left. So it was a foregone conclusion he would be on the team in year three and get that $200 million, but he said it wasn't good enough. Now they've made the move for Odell Beckham. The story came out today that he said he also wanted D-hop, which I think is unrealistic. Huh. Um, so we'll see what happens. I mean, Michael Lombardi, I think, had that saying that he told uh, the Ravens, go get D-hop and Odell Beckham and we'll talk. So I guess what what is the next step? Is it just is it just waiting to who decides that they want to come back to the table next? I, I guess I, I don't think the Ravens are coming up from their last offer because it's still substantially higher than even what Hurts just got. Um, you know, and, and and depending on what you're looking at, everybody knows the guaranteed money is what everyone cares about. We can talk about the average per year, but that doesn't mean anything if you're not on the team at the very end of the contract. So, um, you know, it, like I think you look at Jalen Hurts' deal. We all looked at Sean Watson's deal, which just looked awful today by any standard. And he still wants more guaranteed money than Deshaun. The, the trump card in all of this is that the Ravens, they feel like they can match any team out there. 
Um, the one team that is somewhat concerning would be Washington right down the road after they sell the team if a new owner wants to make a huge splash for his fan base. Um, and as far as I know, looking at that team, they might believe in Sam Howe or Jacoby Brissett or whoever else they're bringing in. Uh, you know, that's a huge upgrade in, in any situation that you would look at with having Lamar over those guys. So maybe that's something, but you still have to agree on the trade, and the Ravens can still match whatever. Ultimately, I think at worst, Lamar is back with the Ravens on a franchise tag next year. At best, he signs a long-term deal with them. I just can't see him going anywhere when they have the ability to match. The voice of Jeremy Kahn right here on ESPN Las Vegas. He does sports radio morning show. The fan in Baltimore. Where are the fans now on Lamar? Is it shifting one way or the other? Is it 50-50? Who do they support? You know, it's funny because I feel like it's been 50-50 since he got here. Some fans came a little bit more on board once once he won the MVP. But the past two years, uh, the fan base has soured on him. Um, the people that hated him still hate him, obviously. <laughs> there have been some fans that, that are like, I don't care if he stays or goes. I'm just tired of talking about it. I'm tired of this, this whole ordeal. Um, and then you have your true stands, if you want to call him that. He can do no wrong. Like, no matter what he does, why didn't the Ravens give him that money that he wanted? Why are they being so cheap? And why can't they go get him whatever he wants and all these things? But, you know, I think, I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle there that, you know, ultimately when it comes down to it, that, you know, he's a, he's a guy that's worth top-tier money. I, I think most people would say he's not the best quarterback in the league. Maybe you don't have him in your top three. I definitely think he's a top-ten guy and a franchise guy. But you're still coming off of two years where you were hurt at the end of the season. And I think, I think teams look at that stuff and take it seriously. How about the way he's handling this? Does that speak, you know, CEO of the organization? Is that part? Is that part of kind of pumping the brakes on a mega deal for the Ravens? They, you know, look at Lamar Jackson. They're like, there's a little bit of immaturity sometimes. There is, but I think they just want him out there, man. This has been something where it just seems weird to me. Like the one team that wants you, that's pining after you, that's offered you this great deal, even though it's not exactly what you wanted. And I think if you had an agent that he would have told you, hey, you need to jump at that deal right now. You're not going to find anything better out there that he doesn't want to be here. And I don't know if that's something that stems from Greg Roman being here, the front office. Did he feel like they didn't support him? Did he feel like they, you know, because when the whole thing started with his PCL injury last year, it was one to three weeks. That's what everybody was going by. So I think that's when some of the fans started to turn. And then when they figured he was going to be ready, it's like, oh, he could be ready next week. He could be ready next week. And then they're playing a playoff game and he's not even at the game. I think a lot of people got really upset, but you know, once he gets back, if he's here and he's wearing the purple and black, they'll start cheering for him yet again. Is there? I guess the the one thing about the the contracts, I've heard the same numbers obviously as you have, but are we sure that that was offered, or is that just what the organization is like? Hey, this is what we tried to give him, and he won't take it. Well, that's what was stated. I mean, and without him having an agent, there's nobody to brush back. We <laughs> haven't heard from him that you know that that's been a an ordeal. And you know, ironically, a lot of people, a lot of the people in our fan base will say. Um, you know, he doesn't need an agent. Look at the offer he got. Yeah, that would have been fine if he had taken it with the team and maybe it would have gotten by with that. But once that whole thing started where he needed to go out and search for a possible trade partner, only for the Ravens to obviously match, that's when that whole, um, you know, Francis stuff started. Ken Francis and his, uh, I mean, he's like a version of the ShamWow guy, I guess, with his, uh, you know, equipment in a box. You can bench press. You can get on a yoga mat. we got a band. And I don't, all that stuff was going on. And the NFL had to release a statement saying, you're not allowed to talk to Ken Francis. And everybody in Baltimore is like, who the hell is Ken Francis? So it's been, I mean, it's been a really weird roller coaster here. And we're just hoping it ends at some point and Lamar gets off the ride and comes back to Baltimore. What is your opinion on Hertz? Uh, both of us were like, yeah, a little bit early. Um, you know, they didn't have to give it to him. And I'd still like to see more from him. But, hey, they're, they're down that path now. They're down the 45 million a year path for a quarterback. Yeah, I've never really been in love with him. I think he's a, a good player. I, I said at the beginning of this year that, 
there's no there's it's the same thing you could say if Lamar came back and he had weapons where hey no more excuses about this or that yeah. but with it, once they made the move for AJ Brown after drafting Devontae Smith and the running game and the like everything kind of took off for them that, that that was an amazing team um, but when you think about that offense like I, I said it was going to prove whether or not he belonged or didn't belong so I guess I'd have to side with the fact that he had a great season uh, it worked out and I agree with you like you didn't have to get to it but maybe they don't want to find themselves in a situation like the Ravens are this year. Do the Ravens need to know what's going on at quarterback before the draft? I don't think so, because I don't think they're drafting a quarterback. Um, like, even if they made a trade with somebody, they'd have to have somebody they love. And I think they'd be fine going in with – I'm forced to call him uh, Pro Bowl MVP Tyler Huntley um, if he comes back. So he's on a restricted tag right now, and I assume that they'll get something done with him. And at worst, he would be their guy. Okay. So, I mean, would there, would there be a thought of, hey, if you don't think this is going anywhere, could you just decide, like, we're going to – figure out a trade and package Lamar and move to get a rookie quarterback. And now we've got, you know, somebody under contract for five more years. Yeah. There's always that possibility. Uh, you know, like we, we saw some strange things last year. I couldn't believe that they actually kept the Hollywood Brown trade last year. Like nobody in town knew anything about it. Nobody had anything. <laughs> yeah. So it just kind of, you know, and that was stuff that was agreed to earlier because he was in Arizona celebrating with him. So, um, you know, I, maybe there is some handshake agreement that we don't know about that's going to happen post draft or, if this player's there and we want to do this, I mean, that's a possibility. I, I just don't, I, I don't know. I don't, you don't usually see stuff like that in the NFL all that much. So I, at least we have it in Baltimore. So I don't assume it would happen, but it's a, you know, look, it's always a possibility with this team. And, you know, I know you guys are talking draft and with the Ravens, it makes it so difficult. They only have five draft picks and they, they can go in any direction in the draft. Like they always say they're going to draft best player available, but if you didn't have a quarterback, depending on where they were <laughs> picking, would you reach for one, you know? Yeah. Uh, what do you want them to do with the 22nd pick? Uh, I mean, I think I'd like to see them take a cornerback if, uh, if one of the ones they like is there. I mean, there's a couple of good ones. I always – look, I love the, this wide receiving class, and if Jackson, Smith, uh, and Jigba, uh, and, uh, he falls in this draft, I, like, I, I think I would love to make a run at that guy and have him because you've got Odell on a one-year deal, so I don't put it past the draft another receiver. Was Roquan Smith, or is he worth that second-round pick? Oh, man, he's so good. He's so fun to watch. I, I, look, I know you guys hey, – watching a player like that, he does remind everyone of Ray Lewis um, with just how quickly he moves sideline to sideline, and the, and the defense got so good. I'd say yes, but, I mean, it's, look, it's really hard in this league to pay running backs and, as they call them, off-the-ball linebackers, uh, knowing you know just how good some of the other teams are and how important the aspects of the passing game are. we got to carve out some time before we let you go to talk Orioles, and that sounds crazy, right? Uh-huh. Um, but obviously there was a resurgence last year. How into the O's is Baltimore right now? Oh, they're loving them. I mean, look, we still got to see people showing up at the stadium. There's been a big thing here in Baltimore of why aren't people going downtown anymore? We had the Freddie Gray riots and all that stuff happened. We had a baseball game with the White Sox with no fans in the stands. Um, look, this isn't the, the safest city in the world. We're probably in the top five of the least safest. So, uh, you know, getting people back in the ballpark and having a bad baseball team. And I think now – I mean, it's a chicken or egg theory. I think we're going to have to see them play well consistently, and then more fans will start to show up. Um, we're hoping that this team can find a way to squeeze into the postseason, but that still may be a little bit premature. But there's a lot of young talent. There's even more in the farm system that's not here yet. So it's really exciting. Are they ready to go away from the build-from-within plan a little bit if they need to augment middle of the season, go out and get someone? I think so. Like, you know, I'm not, I haven't heard anything about this, but, like, we, we always talk about it on our show. I'm not sure that Ryan Mountcastle is their type of guy because this is a fully analytical organization now. I mean, even with the home runs and stuff that he hits, 
Um, you know, their own base percentage isn't great uh, with all things considered. I could see them moving uh, a Mountcastle or an Austin Hayes and a prospect or something to go out and get either the pitching they want or if there's an established player. I'm just curious, and this is what I don't know, is are they willing to do that now at the trade deadline? Because right. there's so much young talent in this organization. Jeremy Kahn, the uh, fan in Baltimore. we got to close on this one. So I saw you retweet the Anthony Bass airplane gotcha. <laughs> I, think, I think he thought there was going to be like a lot of support for him. Um, oh, where, where do you fall on this one with the popcorn all over the floor and the guy saying it was insulting for a flight attendant to ask his wife to clean it up? We had, I'm not even going to name the athlete. We had an athlete come in studio and he was eating popcorn and just like shaking it over his mouth. And it was just falling all over the floor to which somebody stepped up and called him a savage and said, clean that up. I mean, look, oh, really? a professional athlete. Yeah. Yes. And, Good. and, uh, it's funny too, because. I mean, I don't mind telling you guys off the air if you want to know, but oh yes, but it, 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 it's hilarious because like I, I can't believe somebody's like, oh my god, my poor wife, it's beneath her to get down and clean up the food that our kids are on the floor. Like it's just common sense. Like you would go and clean any any other human being would do it. So what if everybody on the plane did that? Just yeah. left everything behind. Now it's your job to clean up everything. Let's all be out. It would be such a simpler world without that crap, man. Nope. It's stupid. There was a media person in the press box in Vegas that did it. Like it, they could not have left more popcorn if they just dumped the popcorn over the floor. Really. Yeah, I bought a Raiders game. Yep, that's unreal, man. That's just that's that's thinking people are beneath you. Yes. Yeah. He said it. He 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 followed Anthony Bass. Followed up. He's like, well, the, you know, who's going to clean it up? The people they hire to clean it up. Okay, bro. <laughs> what a unreal. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, Jeremy. We appreciate the time. Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks. Anytime. There he is, Jeremy Kahn, morning show right. host. Talk to him. Yeah. Let's get the name, and uh, Adam can give the uh, the animal from the media who was uh, dirtying up the. Raiders press box or uh, concretelocks.com with uh, two ends. So go check it out. For He's sure. been doing it for a while. Yeah. Have you been to Baltimore recently? I've been to Baltimore. I used to live there. Okay. Well, when's the last time we went there? Uh, it was Was it like three years ago. I can't remember why. There, okay. I know there's UFC there not too long so ago. So what do you think? I love Baltimore. Okay. Well, he just expressed that there are people who are afraid to go downtown to go to the stadium. That's crazy people. I love downtown. I mean, Inner Harbor is not what he's saying about downtown. Downtown is different than that. Okay. But the Inner Harbor. Well, well by the stadium. Amazing. By the stadium, is it scary to go down to the stadium? No, that's where that's Inner Harbor. That's that's right where the stadium is. Okay. It's only a couple blocks away. Uh, there's other parts of downtown, like where Memorial Stadium used to be. Not great. Right. Uh, so we're at talking all. like wire. And people are watching. Yeah, people watch the wire. They're like, oh, that's not good. And yeah, it, it, legitimately, Baltimore is not a great place to be. Uh, but the areas of tourist areas are fine. What city do you think got more out of a big-time TV show? Albuquerque. Albuquerque or Baltimore? Yeah, Albuquerque. You think Albuquerque got more out of it? I think so. Really? Yeah. People want to go explain or uh, explore all the uh, local neighborhoods? I think so. Not so sure about that one. Four o'clock hours on the way. We do have to get to the rest of the NBA playoffs. And, you know, we didn't mention the Russell Westbrook. Is, did he attack the fan or the fan attack him? 